We're rolling. What's up? It's Sammy, the Spanish guy, Gabar, and new TNT champion. And you, yes, you, right now, are listening to the Bob Culture Podcast. Bob Culture Podcast. <laughs> yeah, thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into a very extreme edition of the BCP. Super excited to welcome in ahead of his Emmy on a pole match against Chris Van. Ble- oh, I'm sorry. Easy That's not there. Today. Easy it's not that there. one. I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm already starting. Guys, All right. Please I welcome- go. I'll see you later. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, boy. Please <laughs> welcome back to the show. I said the trigger word. You know him as the host on of one on one with John Alba on ad free shows. You know him as the new host of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast debuting this Friday, January 7th. Please welcome in to the show, the Emmy Award winning, our good friend, Mr. John Alba. John, welcome in, bro. How are you? Hey, bro. It's great to chat with you again. I appreciate you having me on. I always love chatting with you. And uh, it's it's fun, man. I'm back in the, the home country here in Jersey. And as you know, Things are just a little better in Jersey. It's just how it is. So that's it. You get that pork roll. There you go, man. I can't wait to see you back on the store. So here's the thing. So here's the thing. I hate eggs with every fiber of my body. Really? Eggs eggs are the only food in the world I hate. I have a huge, expansive palate. I'll try anything. I hate eggs. Every fiber. So the whole pork roll, Taylor ham (laughs) thing, like not for me. Not at all. Well, there goes yep. the first question. No, I'm, yep, I'm it's out the window. Yeah. We're off to a great start here, Bob. Uh, I don't want to bury the lead here, so let's bring it in with this. Uh, I'm very excited about this. Last night, uh, you guys mentioned, I guess he popped on Twitch. I guess you guys recorded last night, the very first episode. And a guy who's been obviously making waves for years and years, a legend in this business, one of my personal favorites. I'm sure one of yours will get into that in a little bit. Um, the Charismatic Enigma, former WWE champion, um, one of the greatest high flyers risk takers of all time jeff hardy pops on the very first episode man what can you give us anything i had no idea that it was going to happen oh wow i can tell you that i had prepared for matt and yeah he right we're about to start taping and he goes hey um at some point uh jeff's coming over later like i may just have to let him in i was like okay cool um yeah, not even fine. thinking anything yeah. of it not even thinking that's that's his brother right like his yeah, brother's yeah. over to hang with the kids okay cool um and then the way the podcast is set up you'll see when you listen to it there's a section of the podcast where we get into like the psychology of the no oh, mercy wow. 1999 ladder match and we break it down piece by piece and we he's we were about to get into it he's like hold on i gotta let let jeff in i was like okay lets him in and he just comes in the room he's like pops on a headset i was like oh oh oh, oh we're nice. doing this okay little little juke so, yep so yeah so he he ribbed me he pulled one on me uh yeah uh and we had jeff and when i'm i say this genuinely like the 45 minutes to an hour that jeff is on with us is some of the coolest most genuine wrestling podcast experience you are ever going to have and you'll see you can be able to see the video on matt hardy brand on youtube when the episode drops jeff is smiling the entire time talking about this and it's very clear that jeff is in a good place right now and i know that's something that a lot of people were worried about but it's very clear he's in a good place and it was for me just Come on. Bro. One of the coolest moments of my life. Straight awesome. up. And this is episode one, man. That's episode amazing. One. Yeah. And I think a lot I'm of I'm not someone that yeah. I'm like, we need to get guests. We need to get like, I am not that at all. I'm like, Matt, you have everything, but I'm not going to turn down Jeff coming on. And, and yeah. here's a little exclusive for you too. Actually. Please all about um, it. The intro theme song for the podcast is obsolete by Jeff Hardy's band. Uh, uh, Peroxygen. Yeah. That's amazing. Right. Um, so Jeff, lent the song to us to use as the intro because i think it just fits so well it's a banger of a song and yeah i'm and and the thing is too rob like 
Jeff's story is so embedded in Matt's story, right? And yeah. Matt's story is so embedded in Jeff's story. So I'm so happy that we could have Jeff be part of episode one. That's awesome. Cause I think you and I know as like journalists, like people who like to control the narrative and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, let's not fantasy book him. Like, let's not predict what he's going through. Like you said it, everyone said it. he's in a good place. Um, you know, that's great to hear. That's the most important yeah. thing. Like, let's be real. Yeah. We'd love to see the reunion. We'd love to see him in AEW, but like, let's not do that yet. Like, I just want to make from it Jeff, clear. Man. I want to make yeah, it please. clear. We do not talk about his WWE exit. We do not talk about what's next for him other than that. He's going on tour with his band. And he's going to yeah. play some shows, which is cool for him. Music is definitely his priority right now. And I think that's awesome. So if you're looking for those scoops, now is not the time for that. When yes. Jeff feels ready to talk about it, he'll talk about it. And he has an open invite to appear on our show whenever he wants and use it as a platform, of course. Um, but we, he talked for an hour about this match and the impact of it. So wow. I think it's really cool. Very well said, man. And you talk about this uh, 1999 No Mercy uh, ladder match, which is just uh, phenomenal. Uh, and the fans I saw on Twitter get a kind of a chance to weigh in and ask questions. Is that kind of your guys' philosophy going into this? Um, like letting them into Matt's philosophy, but letting the fans in a little bit more in some of these untold stories and things like that? Yeah. So here's the thing. There are so many nostalgia podcasts out there right now. Right. Yeah. And even my own boss, Conrad Thompson, he is the innovator of the nostalgia podcast. Sure. So if you want to have a successful podcast, you need to figure out how can we be different? What can we do differently? So the premise of the podcast is that it is, in theory, a nostalgia podcast where we're picking an event or a person or something to center around. But what makes a difference is we are connecting the past to the present. Every episode will delve into how something from the past influenced wrestling today. And what's really cool with Matt is that he is super self-aware. He is super transparent. He is the most honest person I've ever met in pro wrestling. Wow. And he has no problem walking you through, hey, this is how we put this match together. This is how we came up with the seesaw spot. This is how we came up with this. And this is why it's important. And because like, I don't know, being on the indies and being a broadcaster and being a wrestling fan, I, I always hear from other wrestling fans, oh, that guy's got great psychology. Well, I think half the time, Rob, people don't actually know what wrestling psychology is. That's fair. And yeah. I don't mean that as an insult to anybody, yeah. but I don't think they've ever properly been educated on what wrestling psychology is. Yeah, Matt is totally cool talking about wrestling psychology and explain. I asked him straight up in this episode, what is wrestling psychology? So the goal is you will be educated in every single episode about storytelling, character development, wrestling psychology, and that will make it different than some of these other podcasts out there. Very well said, man. Yeah, I think as journalists or from the outside looking in, like we we want to understand it. But I always am very respectful. I'm like, I've never really been between the ropes. I'm usually at the commentary table or, you know, writing review, whatever it is. So this is going to be great. Let's be real, guys. This is already going to be top 10. Leave the reviews. Five stars. Let's go. Let's get it going. <laughs> the extreme life of Matt Hardy. Shameless promo. Uh, I wanted to ask you this one, man. Um, cause on this day, I still haven't forget forgiven certain wrestlers for things that they did to Matt. He's been through a lot of crazy stuff. He's yeah. taken some crazy bumps. Is it all on the table? Are we, um, it sounds like he he's ready to just talk about everything as he should. He's had a storied career. He is when, when I say he is the most transparent person in wrestling I've ever dealt with. I'm not lying to you on that. He is so enormously transparent and we I want to say, I guess it would have been October 23rd when AEW okay. was in Orlando for Dynamite on that Saturday show, whenever that was. Okay. He and I got lunch to talk about specifics of the pod. And wow. we, we were only expecting to like be there for like maybe an hour or so. We were there for like two and a half hours and we banged out an entire year's worth of content for what this show wow. would have. 
And there were only one or two things, and I'm not going to go into specifics on what they were, but there were only one or two things. He's like, I don't really feel comfortable talking about that. Yeah. And that's fair. But what I can tell you is he will talk about addiction. He will talk about overcoming adversity. He'll talk about Jeff's struggles. He will talk about his struggles and everything in between. So, because I think that's one of the things that makes Matt so compelling, right? Like how he is a success story and a central theme that you're going to hear brought up in episode one by Matt is that what he loves so much about pro wrestling is that he feels that pro wrestlers are like superheroes and Matt Hardy is a real life superhero. He has overcome these crazy things to be stronger than death, as he used to say. So I just think what you're getting is the most unique and transparent presentation of a pro wrestler than you'll see in any other podcast out there. Dude, very well said. And the reason I ask that is not to be hard hitting. We're never hard hitting here. No, no. I mean, I'm don't open book. No, that's that's why I love talking to you, man. But just like for people who have been through those things, uh, you know, I've been through some stuff, man. And sure. I always hear even the people I talk to at indie shows, um, they talk, talk about meeting Matt. They talk about meeting Jeff and how they've not only inspired them artistically, but just like help them get past something or help them overcome something. Um, I can think of a few people I've talked to right now. And that's amazing, man. That's what, what it's all about. And I think Matt Hardy gets that. He's very smart. Every time we've met him at cons or meet and greets, whatever it is, he's always been super nice. But I want to put you over here for a minute. Uh, you know, I'm a big John Alba guy. You know, Jersey Zone. Um, what was it like? I'm appreciative we'll, we'll, of that we'll, for the record. No, nah, dude, I can't wait to see you up there with the guitar again, man. I can't wait. Um, but that being said, man, I got to ask you this one. Um, we'll talk about the origin story like we always like to about how you and Matt kind of, you know, decide to work together. But when you got that proverbial tap on the shoulder, man, be real with me. What was that like for you? The tap on the shoulder from the, the that we were going that we were going to do. Well, yeah. So I didn't get a tap on a shoulder at all. Actually, okay. this is entirely my idea. Um, Re- this was real, man. This was thank you. This this was not. Hey, here's a podcast. You're going to be the one to host it. Um, this was entirely my self cultivation. I guess people love the word manifesting, right? Like yeah, this yeah. was. This was a manifested idea completely from the start. Um, I want to say it was about mid 2018 or so. Um, I had been doing my living the gimmick podcast with Doug McDonald and I wanted to start doing a little more. And I was like, God, what pro wrestlers out there would be great podcasts. And I just started trying to come up with some names and I was like, you know what? What would a Matt Hardy podcast sound like? Because Matt Hardy was one of my guys growing up. The Hardy Boys were it, and Matt was the secret sauce. Like, you know how yeah. Michael Anthony was the secret sauce of Van Halen? Yeah. There's nice, just something nice. special about that. Yep. Matt Hardy was the secret sauce of that era of tag team wrestling. And he's always been so far ahead of industry trends. He's one of the first wrestlers on Twitter, you know, like all that stuff. Matt's just always been ahead of the curve. The first guy to have the cinematic stuff on that stage. So I was just saying to myself, what would a Matt Hardy podcast sound like? But I didn't really have a platform. So eventually I signed with Conrad's team. And then I have a little bit of street cred, right? Because Conrad is the pod father. And oh, yeah. If, you, if people know you're working for him, okay, you got some credibility. You already had a lot of street cred. Let's be real. Let's be real. <laughs> Don't tell Reddit that. But yeah, um, nice. <laughs> but, but, but um, thank you. Um, <laughs> so Matt had followed me on Twitter, maybe like mid-2020, something like that. And when he did, I just reached out to him. We had some mutual friends too. And I reached out to him. I was just, hey, man, just want to connect with you. Just tell you how much I appreciate the follow, blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, I've been following your work for a while. Cool. Awesome. Right. So once I got the platform, I'm like, okay, this is my time to shoot my shot here. Because I got I to make an impression, right? Not just for the sake of it, but for myself and because I think a Matt Hardy podcast would be freaking incredible. Yeah. So I DM'd him and I'm like, hey, Matt, I'm with Conrad Thompson's team now. You know, I'm, I'm breaking off into doing a lot of my own podcasts and I want to pitch something to you. All I need is five minutes of your time. And I know you're super busy. I know you're traveling all the time, but I just need five minutes. Here's my number. If you're remotely interested, give me a call. Wow. 
three weeks pass by, I hear nothing. And I'm like, okay, damn it. And what I've learned about Madden since is that sometimes he just needs to be pushed a, a little reminder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But then uh got a call, Hardy, comma, Matt. I'm like, okay, and uh, take it. And I was like, Matt, I just need five minutes here. And I had the pitch ready to go in my head, pitched my to guy. him. And he was like, this sounds awesome. I'm interested. Let's try to iron it out a little more and see what we can get going. And I pitched grabbing lunch with him. I told you we grabbed lunch. Two and a half hours later, we have full show ready to go. And we were in agreement. We need to do this. So at that point, it was just crossing some T's, dotting some I's. And back in December, we we finally got the we finally got everything done. And here we are. Good for you, man. You put in the work, you put it out there. Like I always say, it's like writing a song, man. Like you create yeah. something out of nothing, man. And that was all you. And if you had to pick anyone, like any wrestler of this current era, like Matt Hardy, who's reinvented himself so many times, as we talked earlier, been through so many things. And you mentioned this briefly, but like, um, you know, like Jr. even says, you know, Je- uh, Jeff was the sizzle. Matt was the steak. That was the steak. That's right. Uh, yep. You know mm-hmm. the deal, man. But you said to you, Matt was like always your guy, man. Tell us what Matt meant to you uh, watching as a kid growing up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think just Matt had a realism about him to Jeff's surrealism that I really uh, appreciated. And and I say that ironically as the broken Matt character is the most surreal thing in pro wrestling history. Yeah, but but, but like I just identified with him i don't know what it was i sometimes you just whether it's a great athlete or a musician i mean for me malcolm young like malcolm young's the rhythm rhythm the rhythm the rhythm the reason he's (laughs) the reason i play music because of his rhythm guitar playing and malcolm young was a kind of a dick but like like he's the greatest rhythm guitarist of all time and his presence on stage was unlike anything else as just this stoic rhythm presence. And I was like, I need to do that. So when it came to Matt Hardy, there was just something that connected that I was like, this guy is, he gets it. And then when you see how ahead of the curve he was, you know, it just, and, and, and I said this to Matt too recently, when he was going through some of his struggles and some of us didn't really understand what was happening, I was so betrayed. I felt he was like scum. I like, I was like, this is like, what is this guy that I looked up to going through? And then you understand, okay, he's going through struggles. He's going through all this. So I identified with his journey and man, getting to know him. I I consider him a friend. I consider him a friend now. And he and I text throughout the day, every day. Hey, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about this? And it's so cool. And I think you'll hear it outside of some of the technical difficulties from him being in the backwoods of Maine in episode one, yeah. I mean, about North Carolina rather, yeah, um, yeah. not Maine. Um, you know, outside of that, you'll hear the chemistry between he and I, it's instantaneous. And that's our first time ever recording together. And it's just because we feel so comfortable with each other. And, and he shot me a text yesterday as we taped this, that is something I'm going to save in my phone forever. And it was Aww. just complimenting like my work ethic and style with him. And, it was so meaningful to me and God getting Jeff on that interview. It was crazy. It couldn't have been better. It was crazy. So yeah, that's, that's amazing, man. That's what it's all about, man. Um, And you are the guy for the job. And I'm not just saying this because you're on the show. Like, you know, I look up to you. Uh, I got to work on the wrestling fashion. You know, I'll work on that, man. But <laughs> you, you are the guy, man. Jersey zone, music guy, journalist. Uh, I've always looked up to you, man. I appreciate you taking the time, man. And that's one I thing I love. You. No, it go, dude, it goes both ways. But that's one thing I love uh, about this pod and, and being a journalist and uh, is getting to sit down and, you know, it's great to get a picture. It's great to get an autograph, but I love sitting down and talking to our heroes. We talked to a ghostbuster, Ernie Hudson. Now for me, I I felt like I was floating. Oh, dude, it it was next level, man. Um, but for you, obviously you talk about how much Matt means to you. Um, so getting to sit down with him and, you know, you just talked about getting the text and all that, considering him a friend, um, you know, talk a little bit more about how much that means to you, but more so obviously being a fan and no getting to know Matt, do the ideas just come like boom, boom, boom? Like, can you give us anything in terms of like yeah. what to expect right. coming up? Well, it was the most meaningful thing I'll tell you. I'm not sure if you saw the Sports Illustrated piece where we announced the I article. Where we oh, announced the I was going to ask. Yeah, he put you over. 
and well, he put me over and that meant everything. Yeah. But there was a line in it where it was like, Matt has, you know, really only known one tag team partner his whole career. And now he's going to learn to tag with someone else. And I was like, holy shit i'm matt hardy's tag team partner <laughs> like 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 oh my god like this is crazy something in my eye uh, yeah right i was like this is insane like That's he's amazing. had one tag team partner his whole life and now i'm number two Come it's on. like man right it's it's crazy so that that was like the holy shit moment for me yeah, the big yeah. bang if you will that our friend bruce springsteen talks about nice um, nice but so in terms of what you can expect topic wise the first episode's about the no mercy ladder match uh, i'll tell you here um, you're one of the first people to get only this. if you're allowed to yeah yeah and, oh, i make the rules it's my podcast yeah, I, it's I, my I, make, <laughs> I make the rules episode two and this is just to prove i'm not bullshitting you when i say that we're going to bridge the past to the present uh episode two is going to be about hangman adam page really and that's probably not what people would expect right like that's yeah. not something that you would associate Matt Hardy with. Yeah. But uh, well, one, they had that really great feud at the beginning of 2021. That was super entertaining and really fun. But then I was going into it and I was doing some research and I didn't even realize this until I started doing the research, but Matt has been a pretty pivotal part in hangman page reaching the ranks to where he is now. And if you don't know why you're going to find out why in episode two, um, but he's he first his first match with Hangman was back in 2013. So going back nine years ago now, when Hangman was just really breaking into pro wrestling and Matt's kind of been there for his journey. And I thought he played a pretty integral part to Hangman getting some momentum to get on that championship pursuit. So I want to prove that we're not afraid to talk about current stuff, which is in the past, but it's current. And. I think people are going to be blown away by that episode. I, we haven't taped it yet. We're taping it on Wednesday, but I think it's going to be an awesome episode. It's going to be super different. That's, that's amazing, man. The big question I wanted to ask you as soon as, as soon as I locked in this interview with you, are we going to get in any form or fashion, some of those math facts? Cause I am here for those. This is a great facts. question. This is a great question. <laughs> so I obviously love the math facts too. Yeah. And I was like, we got to find a way to incorporate Matt Facts into this show. My guy. So another Bob Coulter exclusive here. My man, BCP Um, exclusive. (laughs) um, Every episode starts with a Matt Fact. Are you serious? Yes. So (laughs) the Matt Facts, what they will do is they will, they're obviously comedic in nature, but they will connect to the theme of the episode. So, for example, in episode one, it's about the No Mercy ladder match. The Matt fact, I, I don't know if it's this verbatim, but it's something along the lines of Matt Hardy has never met a ladder that he's been afraid of. Yes, that's amazing. So, like, they're so good. So, so it connects to the theme of the episode, but it's still that Matt Hardy humor. And every episode will have a Matt fact in it. I love it. Just remember, if you ever take uh, Matt out to lunch again, Matt does not like mustard as, as Matt. I, I, I learned that Matt yeah. does not like mustard. Yes, this is true. So, uh, you know, who, you know, who hates mustard, too, in condiments? Ian Eagle. Ian Eagle. Oh, that's my guy. That's your guy. He's he is. Ian Eagle's the reason I'm a broadcaster. He's and I don't know if you ever knew this, but Ian Eagle hates with every fiber of his body condiments. He's all condiments. Doesn't just hate condiments. He's deathly afraid of condiments. Wow. You heard we it. Were, <laughs> we were in the um, press media, like dining room yeah. at the Amway Center in Orlando. The Nets were playing the magic and let's go Nets. He was there and I was there. And that was the coolest moment of my career because there was my mentor and yeah. I covering the same event for the first time. And I snuck up on him with like a tube of mustard and just put it in front of him. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and he got so mad, but it was so funny. And uh, yeah, here's here's from this wants to go from that night. Oh, that two favorites hours. right there. That was so cool. So that was like career highlight for me. He, dude, you know, I'm a Nets guy, man. I love going to Continental oh. Airlines, IZOD. And Ian is just so 
freaking good at what he does. The Vince Carter calls, the Jason Kidd, oh, the best. And now he's in the NFL. He's killing it. So shout out to Ayn and all he's doing. And you know, was it with Toledovich calling him the Tokomotive or, or whatever? Wow. Was. I mean, that was that was an all wow. yeah. deep cut right there. I, I uh, love the, it. And the, the Kevin Durant one from earlier this season. Which one? Or, or was it the end of last season with like the razzle dazzle? Razzle dazzle. Yeah. Next level. I was like. Oh, oh, my guy. Guys, I'm sorry for going off topic there, but no, uh, that's fine. well, so this is not entirely off topic. Yes. Like the number one guy that I've wanted to do a podcast with is Ian Eagle, yeah. because I think a nostalgia podcast with Ian Eagle would be the greatest piece of podcast in the <sighs> world. Nothing would touch it because one week you could do Jason Kidd's 2003 season. Oh, and then man, the man. next week you could do Barton Winona State D2 National Championship game. So that is the pinnacle. And I believe me, I have pitched it like five times and he's a busy man. He's a busy man, man. but eventually I'm going to make that happen. I, I, as we've seen, man, like you're doing with Matt Hardy, right? (laughs) Manifest. I'll write it down right now where I'm going to manifest it and it's happening. So shameless promo, but what are the goals obviously for the podcast? And I'm just going to say it. It's top 10 already. Let's be real. Watch out. Talk is Jericho. Watch out. Sirius XM busted open radio. Let's be real. This is going to be a hell of a debut. What are, what are the goals moving forward for this one? Well, I can share with you a text that Matt sent to me yesterday. Wow. Said, I appreciate that. Let me, let me find it. He said, um, pulling it up here. I just imagine he, he said, said you Matt facts. I said, that's right. <laughs> Matt fact. Um, I, I told him that I was going to start researching for Hangman. And he said, fantastic. I'm pumped for that episode verbatim. I want to take over the fucking podcast world. So that's what we're going to try to do. Take there over the fucking podcast world. Right. And put that on a T-shirt. And and I really feel like we are presenting a product and you're going to listen to it. And I, and I hope you agree with me. And if you don't agree, anyone listening to this, you can DM me and tell me what you think we should improve. But I think this is going to feel so refreshing because it's so transparent and honest, and you're going to learn so much about pro wrestling. And I think that's, what's going to just, hopefully, I hope people feel the same way, put it over the, to, to the top there. And, I would love for it to stay in that top 10 and keep growing. You know, it, it, I think at one point this week, it peaked at like the number 25 sports podcast in the country. And we haven't even had an episode. Yeah, I was going to say. That's so, so hopefully it's, it's a good start. That's amazing. Um, and I don't want to, you know, talk too much about like what every episode is going to be. But when I think about Matt, I think about like uh, guys like Jericho, like that are versatile and and know when to change. Like, obviously, the, we talk about the broken Matt Hardy that was so huge on the indies. And then he brought that to ROH. Yeah, the reinvention, man. And and then, you know, he brought it to the what the stadium stampede where he's going in and out of the water. Um, obviously, the <laughs> that's um, going to be a great episode. Whenever we talk about stadium stampede, that will be an awesome oh, teaser right there. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> But, um, you know, House Hardy, all that kind of stuff. At first, you know, my biggest issue, real talk with AEW has been the overuse of factionism and factions overlapping within over uh, other factions. But Matt has really given a lot of these stars, a private party who I love, a platform, and he's killing it no matter what he does. Um, he's great at reinventing himself. Like you said, do you guys get into a lot of that uh, here on the podcast at all? Should we expect some of that? I mean, I think that's the central theme of the podcast, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, one week we're talking about the 1999 No Mercy ladder match. The next week we're talking about Hangman Page and Big Money Matt. Neither of those things have any correlation to each other. And it's because of how much Matt has changed over time. You know, Kurt Angle, for all intents and purposes, Kurt is my Mount Rushmore. I mean, he is on there. But he was largely the same character for yeah. his entire run. You know, he he had some comedic stuff that he delved into. But he's the Olympic hero at the end of the day, it's right? A great like, point. That's, great point. That's, some guys are able to draw longevity out of, I mean, once Stone Cold Steve Austin found the rattlesnake character, he didn't change. That was he was the rattlesnake from there on out. Matt has changed so many times, much like Chris Jericho. I think he and Chris Jericho are pretty similar in that sense. Yeah, but Matt took it to even more extremes. No pun intended. Nice that that between the broken character and the big money Matt character, which there's elements of Matt in that, and I'm learning there are elements of Matt in that, but. 
there's also, and we will tell this story pretty soon on the podcast, I'm pretty sure, about where the Big Money Mac character comes from. And But now he's moving away from the Big Money Mac character. He's talked about this. Now he wants to be authentically Matt Hardy. So another reinvention we're on the verge of seeing. So I think reinvention is kind of the core theme of this. And as a journalist and a storyteller, I'm drawn to character development and storytelling devices reveals. Those are things that I identify with. So I think if I can do my part in helping get the best out of Matt in telling those stories and presenting them in a way that the audience can understand it, then that's how I know I'm doing my job. Very well said, man. And again, I want to put you over here too, man, uh, because again, you are a mentor and I always appreciate you taking the time for us. But let's be real here, man. A lot of our friends have gotten that opportunity, that tap on the shoulder from TK, uh, Serpentico, uh, Alex Everhantes. Like so many of our friends came up on the indies. You do a lot of stuff on the indies. Guys, check out the gifts, the videos, the wardrobe of uh, John Alva. He's done some great stuff. He's he's taking a few hits in the ring here and there. Uh, When is John Alva... Gonna, oh, there it is. There's the auction it off, bro. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Put this on eBay, right? There you go, man. When is John Alba going to be all elite? Is that a goal for you, though? See, honestly, man, you could be politically correct if you want. No, I mean, there's no reason to be politically correct. Uh, when is John Alba going to be all elite? I mean, it's not a goal of mine oh, really? right okay. now to sign with anybody or anything like that, because if I sign with somebody, I can't do some of the stuff that I'm doing right now, right? So sure. um, I... I'm really happy doing what I'm doing right now. And I mean, I'll be transparent with you guys. I've had looks with just about every single major promotion in America. As you should. And I appreciate that. Um, And they didn't work out for whatever reason. And that's totally cool. That's not a big deal at all. Like, I'm a big believer in if it's the right time and it's the right place, it will happen. And if it's not, then that's totally fine. And if those things had worked out i wouldn't be able to check off this literal broadcasting dream of mine to host a show like this and i want to say i am grateful uh for AEW allowing me to do this show because i had to get AEW's permission to to do this show with matt so i'm very grateful that tony khan and all of them have allowed for me to do this and i'm appreciative of that um but i right now don't aspire to sign with any major promotion um would i be open to doing work with major promotions sure but assigning a deal right now at this moment in time that's not really a super priority of mine and uh you know the the one thing you'll learn about wrestling i'm not saying you specifically i'm saying in in general wrestling is a really unique industry because it's sports theater where you have the element of sports in the athleticism, but the whole industry is built on a lie, right? Like wrestling is fake and it's built on a lie and it's the illusion. And there are a lot of things about the wrestling industry. I don't love. Um, There are a lot of things I love about the wrestling industry, but there are also a lot of things that I don't love about the wrestling industry. So I'm I'm careful, even as I get more embedded in this, to keep an arm's distance at times from certain things because you risk compromising um, certain elements of yourself that are important. Like, for example, and, and this is not me like crapping on anyone that wants to go to WWE. I think it's awesome. And if that's your lifelong dream, then sick, do it. But... I know that if I signed with WWE as a broadcaster, I wouldn't be able to be John Alba, the broadcaster. I would have to conform to a very specific, this is the box that you fit in. And, and some people are totally cool with that. At one point I was very cool with that. Sure. Now I don't think that that's something that I really have any interest in doing. Um, Honestly, if, if it came to like signing with a promotion at this point in the game, I would want to like do it as my character, like, like do the yeah, man- yeah. managing is such a high for me and I love it so much. So we love to I watch it. That, yeah. And, and well, that's the performance side. So like when I kind of stopped playing music and performing, I needed to fill that performance void and managing 
that's filling that prefer- performance void. And I love it. It's so much fun. That, that's very well said, man. I love how you put that, man. You can see the smile on my face, man. Yeah, like, well, I, you're a musician. You get it. You know, dude, there's a high that comes with performing and it's it's dude. I played um, shameless promo, but I played Corvus to the ring. Um, yeah, Eric at, Corvus at a, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it, just drums and wrestling coming together. And then Vertigo came out and threatened me and, and made me play him him out, too. But it's just like, <laughs> I love all that stuff, man. And I can see the smile on your face when you talk about that. And right now you're li- literally living your dream, uh, talking to one of your heroes, killing it. This pod is going to be amazing. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time, John. I got all the time in the world for you. You can go as long as you want. My man, because I wanted to hit you. We hit Deanna with this. We hit Steve Macklin with this. We got to take you through the Jersey rapid fire round. You ready? Oh yeah, let's go. All right. So you kind of already answered this one. Not, not no pork roller. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. All right. This one, I'm very interested though. Bruce or Bon Jovi for you. Oh, come on. This isn't, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Knowing you, this this is not even hard. This is, I mean, for me, (laughs) my, my two music, it's my one A and one B are ACC and Springsteen. And it's not even close. Those are my two, Things. I was once almost run over by Bruce Springsteen in his what? in his Range Rover. This, I've never, story. this is in my Instagram uh, uh, profile description. <laughs> okay. uh, Bruce Springsteen once nearly ran me over. It, it was in a period of time in a lot of my dating profile uh, <laughs> stuff too. Um, so it's Light of Day, twenty fifteen. Yeah. I was I gonna think. say it had to be Asbury or something. Yeah, it's an Asbury. Yep. And Bobby Mahoney, my former bandmate. Shout out to Bobby. He just played on BCP 300. Thank you, Bobby. Yes. Um, he was going to be teching for Willie Nile, and he was playing an acoustic set that day at the Paramount Theater. And I was helping him and some other miscellaneous people load some stuff into the venue for sound check. And people kind of knew that Bruce Springsteen was showing up. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those things. Like yep, the yep. open secret, right? Yeah. So CM Punk, yep. Here comes the Green Range Rover that Bruce Springsteen's driving. The mob of fans flock to it. He's like trying not to run anyone over. And he gets through the mob. And I guess he was so distracted by the mob, he doesn't see me walking carrying equipment. And he comes like this close to hitting me. And I'm not BSing you. It's like this close. And look, if he hit me, it would have been like a love tap, but but by a Range Rover. But um he sees me, stops, rolls down his window, gives a little uh, Bruce chuckle. If you've ever heard the Bruce chuckle, nice. uh, you know exactly what it sounds like. And nice. he just like kind of gives me a wave and goes in. And, you know, I go back and forth on it. On, on one side, I'm very happy I wasn't run over by Bruce Springsteen. On the other side, if Bruce Springsteen ran me over, I probably could have gotten a nice payout out of it. So. Yeah. Uh, one of well, the two, would I want to exploit my hero? I don't know about that. Get, so. Just get the interview. There you go. That's how you, you know, <laughs> right. Get the interview. That's how you pay me back. Exactly. So, um, easy answer. Springsteen, not even close. Love it, man. What's the, uh, what's the diner for you? What Jersey diner? What's your spot? That's a great question because I've pretty much been out of Jersey the last 10 I years. I guess so. And, yeah, man. and, you know, I went to college in Connecticut, so I was really only back and forth a little bit. So, okay. And I've lived out of the state for the last seven, eight years. So it's hard for me to say. I, I think growing up, I, I the early portions of my childhood were in North Jersey. Okay. And because I was born Hackensack. And I just some of my earliest childhood memories, I remember going to Tiffany's Diner off Route 17 near okay. Mawa. Um and then I used to go to the Seville Diner in East Brunswick every now and then, but that place closed recently. I thought the Colonial Diner wasn't great off 18. I keep everyone keeps telling me what's the diner off Route 9 in Freehold that everybody loves Americana or something like that. I I don't there's a diner there that everybody keeps telling me about. So I gotta hit that. But yeah, I'd say like my early child is I don't even know if Tiffany's diner is around anymore. it was off Route 17. So I know you've been back and forth, man. Uh, I'm always excited to see you here in Jersey, bro. Did you have a pizza spot? We always ask the pizza spot. The pizza's better here in Jersey. Let, let's oh, let's get mean, that out of the way. It's right not now. even. I mean, <laughs> yeah. living in Florida, living in Maine. Oh boy, brutal. But 
I'll say this. I went to school in Connecticut and New Haven pizza is unbelievable. That's what I hear. Unbelievable. Man. And Frank Pepe's pizza is the greatest pizzeria I've ever been to in my entire Lighten life. It down. And, oh, if you ever find yourself in New Haven, you get the white clam pizza from Frank Pepe's. That is a top five thing I've ever had in my entire life. It's wow. unbelievable. But uh, Jersey pizza places. I mean, the one thing you can feel pretty confident about in Jersey is you can get pretty solid pizza just about anywhere. There's definitely places that are better than others. Um, Mancini's in this area is pretty good. Um, okay. I know I'm, I'm getting reacclimated. You know, it's hard. I yeah. No, the New Haven so spot sounds amazing, though. Oh, man. dude, New Haven pizza. Because New Haven pizza is all built around the toppings and the the ovens that have been around since like 1920 so the the flavor profile if you couldn't tell i wanted to be guy fieri in another life and <laughs> and yeah so that's that's like a huge thing so yeah that's amazing man and this is kind of a weird one but we kind of have this feud with a lot of the indie wrestlers a lot of the fans like always in the comments during our stream people are trolling people at this point uh it's the 7-eleven versus wawa thing we have going on here uh do you have any dog in this fight I mean, yeah. I mean, first off, it's Wawa. Do, do, do people <laughs> it's pick Seven Eleven? <laughs> do people pick Seven Eleven over Wawa? They, it's a thing, man. But people like, like it gets legit. Like people like, does Seven Eleven have a touch screen? Do they have reward? Like people, it, well, it gets heated. So, so uh, you know, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, which I know you do, it, you know that I tend to like. I have this thing where I have these very ridiculous niche things that become like ongoing jokes on Twitter, like ban the wave and like all that stuff. I and, saw that. Yeah. And yeah. one of them that we've had over the years that started on my podcast, living the gimmick that has taken to Twitter is, is Wawa a gas station with a convenience store or a convenience store with gas? Oh my and God. I'm bringing that up. Like you and I, I, well, well, okay, what's your take on it? Is it a convenience store with gas or is a gas station a convenience? <laughs> so I have to go just because I grew up like my grandfather would take me to Wawa and that was before um, they had Bingo. gas stations. Exactly. That I Exactly. Because yeah. that's the answer. It's a convenience store with gas. Thank but you. Most of these people, because if they are introduced to Wawa, if they even know what Wawa is, all they know is the new era of Wawa. And those are all gas stations. So they're like, it's a gas station with convenience. How can you call it a convenience store with gas if you can get gas? Well, because not all Wawa's had gas. So, and there still are Wawa's. The Wawa of Milton or, or uh, off Roos Lane over by here in where I am doesn't have gas. So I'm like, I, I took a picture to my buddy. I was like, how are you going to call this a gas station if it doesn't have gas? Like so, drop. I love yeah. it. <laughs> oh no, it's like, well, you know, only but uh, you go on the corporate website, it calls it a convenience store. So, so easy answer Wawa over 7 Eleven any day of the week. And then, yes, Wawa is a convenience store with gas. Mr. Alba, you're doing the Lord's work here <laughs> on the VCV, my man. Dude, um, I did want to ask you this one, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure to get to talk to you, pick your brain. Uh, I really do want to ask this one, man. And be, you know, be mean, be nice. Uh, just hit me with it, man. What advice would you have for someone like me who's up and coming on commentary right now uh, in the indies, man? I'm getting so much opportunity. I'm very grateful. Great question. I'm glad you asked that. But I'm, I'm greener. Than, yeah, I'm greener no, you're than not Kermit green. the Frog, man. No, you're not. And Kermit, Kermit is bay. So let's, let's yeah, you Kermit's know, awesome. if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I'm a huge Muppet freak. Oh, so animals, my guy. Um, <laughs> that's surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a cheap plug here. I'm gonna give two cheap plugs. We're all about the shameless promo, please. Here's the first cheap plug. The first cheap plug is uh, one on one, my interview series on ad free shows. Um, I just taped an episode that's gonna air this week with Ian Riccaboni, who is Ring of Honor play by play guy, who's amazing, amazing, and we talked pro wrestling broadcast psychology. And Ooh, there's like it. there's like a half hour conversation on just the psychology of wrestling broadcasting. Love it. And I can't encourage you guys to listen enough. That drops Thursday, AFS on YouTube.com and adfreeshows.com. Uh, my other plug would be that I just put this out there the other day, but probably around February, I'm going to be launching a coaching service for uh, mentoring and coaching aspiring broadcasters, no matter how old whether they want to be doing anchoring, interviewing, play-by-play, -play, whatever it may be, 
you can get access to me one-on-one, no pun intended, wow. and I'll help you and break down your work and all that stuff. Um, but as a free piece of advice, and this is the piece of advice that I learned from my mentor, Ian Eagle, 11, 12 years ago, and that's pre-production is production. And what I mean by that is that every little bit of preparation you do is your broadcast. You don't want to have to rely on your preparation. I'd say for anything that I call, I maybe only use three to 5% of what I actually prepare. Exactly. But by doing the preparation, the stuff gets in your head and you familiarize yourself to where you sound educated talking about whatever you're doing, whether it's pro wrestling, broadcasting, calling play by play for baseball, basketball, football, whatever it may be. So pre-production is production. And wrestling commentary is a whole nother animal because you have to get stories across while you're also calling action. And that's a really hard thing to do. I, I still don't think I'm great at it by any stretch of the imagination. I think you, you have to find that balance of how much move set am I calling? How am I managing my temperament? And am I getting too excited for this? Am I, am I appropriate volume? Am I too, am I not excited enough? And then you also have to find time. And this is the single most important thing that I think any broadcaster can do. And that's know when to let the moment breathe. I think, and people shit all over Joe Buck, and I've never understood it, because I think Joe Buck is an unbelievable play-by-play guy for this reason especially. Joe Buck knows how to tee up a big moment and then get the hell out of the way of it. Wow. You know? Yeah. I think David Freeze hits his walk-off home run in Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. And we'll see you tomorrow night. Joe Buck punches it, gets out of the way, and the visuals carry you home. That's what a great broadcaster does. And I think with pro wrestling, that does too. I I had the best match I've ever called, not just my physical call of it, but the physical match itself. The best match I've ever called was J.D. Drake and Daniel Garcia from Limitless this past year at the Vacation Lane Cup. It was the single best match I've ever, it was the best indie match I've ever seen in person. Wow. And I got to be on the call for it. And there was a spot where J.D. Drake have you, 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 I mean, you've seen JD Drake matches. Oh, uh, sure. Evolve. Yeah, yeah. The drill bit that he does, mm-hmm. one of his finishes, awesome. He hits Daniel Garcia with an avalanche drill bit from the second rope. And I don't generally like to know, unless I need to know, what the outcome of a match Same. is. Same. Yeah, yeah. So I, sometimes you need to know, but I generally right. don't like to know. So I go in cold and. He's up there. I'm, I'm realizing what's going on. So a great pro wrestling broadcaster is prepared. He knows what he's about to see. Avalanche drill bit. Avalanche drill bit. Drill bit. The hooks the leg. And then as the count's going, I'm just letting the image and the crowd take it. Because there's no point in me yelling over that. I can't add anything to that moment. Wow. The visuals are selling themselves. I teed it up. Avalanche drill bit. Avalanche drill bit hooks the leg, get out of the way. And then when Daniel Garcia kicked out, you get the eruption of the crowd. My play, my color commentator like freaked out, just like a what? And (laughs) the crowd goes nuts. J.D. Drake's face, the referee is shocked. That's so much more valuable than me going, he kicked out, he kicked out, he kicked out. That's annoying. So pre-production is production and knowing when to get out of the way. Those are my two biggest pieces of advice. Dude, that's some good because I've heard it all. A lot of people are like, you know, you know, be careful about putting yourself over. You want to tell the story. That too. Yeah, that's something I've always because like we always do like the pun disputed air and I have, you know, more flips in the morning shift that I hop and all that stuff. Like I want to make an impression, but sure. I don't want to overstep. And listen, yeah. that stuff is cute and it's fun. Right. But one thing I learned in local TV is that that gimmicky stuff is is very fun. And I'm awesome. I'm yeah. so glad that you have that and it's fun. But be careful. You got to read the room as to whether or not it's appropriate for it or not, because you can come off as too small market. That's why I was always told on TV, you're Mm. too small market where, you know, if you're trying to make genuine strides in your commentary career, if you're out there throwing puns out on everything, no major organization is going to hire you. 
you know, and I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just, yeah, yeah, that's, fact. that's the reality yeah. of it. So it's fun if you can like establish it as your thing and go to it and, and, and every now and then and have fun with that. But if you're overdoing it and you're overkilling it, and it's not just the puns, I say this with anything that anybody yeah, does, whatever the game the well and it, I mean, even how annoying did it get after a while when Jerry Lars just screaming puppies, 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 every single exactly. match, right? Exactly. So like, yeah. Okay. We get it. So that's just the one thing that I say to be careful about with that stuff. Very well said, man. I'm so glad we talked not only just for the advice, man, but I'm so excited for you and the pod. Um, it seems like you already have a great rapport and relationship. You're yeah. Matt's number two tag team partner, as we heard here. That's amazing, man. But we're all about that shameless, shameless promo here on the BCP. Again, tell everyone where they can follow you guys, uh, follow you on Twitter, subscribe, like, uh, leave the reviews, all that good stuff. Well, things are about to be spoken with the Matt Hardy pod at Matt Hardy pod on Twitter and Instagram. The extreme life of Matt Hardy dropping every single Friday, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, it will be the Matt Hardy brand. So we are uploading to his personal YouTube. So you'll be able to find that there, which will be super cool. You can follow me on Twitter at John Alba, J-O-N-A-L-B-A, lose the H, H's are for losers. So get that out of there. And, uh, Check out my indie work, too, if you like that stuff. I work all over, but my home promotion is Limitless Wrestling. So that's a great promotion up in New England that is killing it. And yeah, man, I'm just I'm having a blast. Adfreeshows.com, one-on-one with John Alba. And I also have the show with Danny Cage, the owner of the Monster Factory, up for debate, which if you love Pardon the Interruption on ESPN, it's PTI for pro wrestling, which is so cool. And we have such a fun time doing that show. And I think I'm going to start doing some work with the Monster Factory soon. So if you uh, ever get down to the Monster Factory, yeah, go go on down there. Great place to learn your craft. And yeah, those are all my plugs, man. And I appreciate you. You know, I appreciate you. I appreciate your support. And I'm always here in your corner and always down to chat. Appreciate that, man. And and it goes both ways, man. And I hope to see you uh, hopefully maybe an AEW show coming up. Uh, now that you're back in Jersey, we'll get the picture, uh, you know, where you're very handsome and sharply dressed and I'm wearing a, a Mark T-shirt. So I can't wait for that. man. <laughs> we did get a good one. We got Dude, a good one in Queens. Look great, man. And hopefully we get another one. Um, John, thank you so much for always making time for us, man. Stay safe out there. Just continue Me success too. moving forward, my man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. And like we always say here on the BCP, everyone stay safe, stay positive. Take care of each other. We out. Peace.